Amen. Amen. You may please take your seats. Amen. Increasingly, we are seeing signs of a leaderless system. We are seeing signs of the absence of leadership. And we, we understood from the Bible that the absence of leadership is the introduction of chaos. Or the absence of leadership is the presence of chaos. So when you look at an economy that is chaotic, it tells you that we are, we are suffering the absence of leadership. When you look at an educational system that is chaotic, you understand that we are having the problem of leadership. And if you see a ministry that is chaotic as well, you can tell that we are having a problem of leadership. If you see a home that is chaotic, it should tell you that we are having a problem of leadership. If you see a marriage that is chaotic, you should know that we have an absence of leadership in that zone. If your financial life is chaotic, you should understand that you are not leading yourself well financially. Are you understanding me? And I said that I am not talking about leadership as in political leadership or presidential leadership or ministerial leadership. I'm talking about leadership in terms of personal leadership. That you will not sit here and tell me that well, I don't lead anybody, so this message is not important to me. You lead yourself. And as long as you are a human being, you must lead yourself. So, don't ever let anybody tell you that you are not a leader. At whatever level you are in life, you are a leader. Amen? Amen. You are either leading yourself, you are leading... Why, why do people say... Um, He's leading a, a very bad life. He's leading a very bad life. They don't say he's living a very bad life. He's leading a very bad life. Because you are leading yourself badly. That's why they say something like that. Amen. Amen. So don't ever confuse yourself that, oh, me, me, I'm not a leader because I'm not a pastor. I'm not a leader because I'm not a shepherd. I'm not a leader because I am not a supervisor. I'm not a leader because I am not a manager. Even if you are a teacher, you are leading children. You are a bus driver. You are leading passengers. And if you are not any of those things that you are just a common Joe like myself, you are leading yourself. So no matter where you find yourself, leadership is key, is cardinal. If I were you, every year I would decide that at least one or two books that I'll buy must be around leadership. Because where you are in life is a sign of how far you have led yourself. Where you are financially, where you are materially, where you are spiritually, where you are ministerially, where you are in life, whichever area you look at it, it is your leadership ability. It's your leadership ability. There are people, they have, they have done a certain particular type of job for 10 years and they are at a certain level. Another group of people or another person has done that same type of job for 10 years and they have made it to a certain level. The difference between them is their leadership ability. It is not all the time that it is favor and it is the blessing of the Lord and it is this. The, the Lord can bless you and you'll be homeless. The Lord can bless you. Ah, the, the prodigal son, was he not blessed? He led himself out of the blessing and went to start eating with pigs. So it doesn't matter where you are, whether you are blessed or not. You can actually be blessed and still lead yourself into the pigsty. Are you here? So let's jump straight to Acts chapter 13 verse 22. Let me show you something quickly. What was said about him. And then we can fly. Acts chapter 13 verse 22. 
And when he had removed him, he raised up unto them David to be their king. To whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. And go to verse 36. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell on sleep and was laid unto his fathers and saw corruption. So, even in the book of Acts, after David had left, they are using him as an example and they are talking about him. And so, he's worthy for us to study him. So, let's start from 1 Samuel 22. 1 Samuel 22, 1 to 5. And this side, you see that even as a fugitive, even, let's read it. David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave Adullam. And when his brethren and all his father's house heard it, they went down thither to him. David, he's, he's at this time in verse 1, he is um, a fugitive. He's running away from being captured. His life is in danger. Such a person should not attract followers. He was at the lowest point of his life. Things were not working for him. Things were not going well for him. In fact, they were looking for him to kill him. And everyone that was in distress, that's why I talk about the three Ds. Everyone that was in distress, look at the people that David attracted. This was David at the beginning of his leadership when he was in danger, his life was in danger. Everyone that was, and the people that he he attracted were these people. They are describing the type of people that he attracted. And sometimes your leadership will attract this type of people. But after some time, their name must change. Amen? Their description must change. So, when people are with you, they start like this. And after some time, their description begins to change. It means that your leadership is working. Are you understanding me? So, and everyone that was in distress. So, distressed people were after David. And everyone that was in debt. So, distressed, debt, and everyone that was discontented. So, there were three Ds. Distressed, debts, and discontented. These were the people who were following David. Gathered themselves unto him, and he became a captain over them. And there were with him about 400 men in this 3D compartment. 400 men followed a man whose life was in danger. A man who didn't know where he was going. A man who was running from pillar to post, not, not sure where he was going to land or what he was going to eat or how he was going to live his life. Yet, 400 people followed him. What makes 400 people follow a man whose life is in danger? A man who doesn't know his future. A man, all he has is a prophecy. All he has is oil on his head. That's all he has. A prophetic word is what he has. A laying on of hands is what he has. And 400 men are following him. Not knowing where they are going, but they are following him. He himself is not sure where he's going, but they are following him. What makes people follow somebody like that? What makes people follow somebody like that? What will make 400 men follow you? What will make 400 women follow you? What will make 400 people follow you? What will make people, even let's say four people follow you? What will make you attract even five people? What will make you attract 10 people, 20 people, 30 people? What made David attract 400 people and more is what I want to talk about. I am not talking about oil that was laid on his head or oil that was poured on his head. That 
is not the main thing. We can pour oil and still you not attract anything. About 400 men. Continue, please. And David went thence to Mizpeh of Moab and he said unto the king of Moab, let my father and my mother, I pray thee, come forth and be with you till I know what God will do for me. So in verse 2, they describe the three Ds. What were the three Ds? First D was what? Distressed people. Second D was what? Deaths. And then third, discontented. Alright, let's jump to 2 Samuel 23 verse 8. 2 Samuel 23 verse 8. These are the people he started with. The three Ds. The three Ds. These be the names of the might. Now, he started with three Ds. Now, in 2 Samuel from 23, they are describing the people and now they are not saying that they are the people who were distressed. They are not saying they are the people who are in debt. They are not saying they are the people who are dis- discontented. Now they said that these be the names of the mighty men whom David had. So they started as three Ds. And now they are being described as mighty men. I see your life becoming a mighty man's life. I see your life becoming the life of a mighty woman. You are going to move from the 3D dimension to the mighty dimension in the name of Jesus. And your leadership must be able to move people from the 3D dimension to the mighty dimension. And the question we keep asking ourselves is that, how did David do it? What were the components that David had that he put inside his organization that made him able to transform 3Ds into mighty men? The Tagmonite that sat in the seat, chief among the captains, the same was Adino the Esnite. He lifted up his spear, his spear against 800 whom he slew at one time. Three Ds. Now he can lift his spear and against 800 people he can slay them one time. 800 people, one man, boom, I finished them with a spear. And this is somebody who started in the 3D compartment. So you come to church and you, 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 you are in a 3D compartment. You can't do anything for yourself. And then you meet a great leader that will be able to convert you from the 3D to become a person who can put to flight 800. You can now own 800 cars, 800 homes, 800 businesses, 800 people following. Are you understanding me? It comes by leadership. It comes by leadership. So what were the secrets? What were the things that David had that he used to get to the point where these people became so great? Verse 9. Verse 9. And after him was Eleazar the son of Dodo or Dodu. I think maybe this guy said he's a gun. The Ahohite, one of the three mighty men with David, when they defied the Philistines that were there gathered together to battle, and the men of Israel were gone away, they defied the Philistines. One Gaman, son of Dodo. Continue. He arose and smote the Philistines until his hand was weary, and his hand clave unto the sword, and the Lord wrought a great victory that day, and the people returned after him only to spoil. So he finished the work, and then the people came to carry the spoils. I pray that God will give us such mighty people. I said I pray that God will give us such mighty people. That you will finish the work and then your family members will now come and carry the spoil. 
that you would take charge and your family members will just come and carry the spoil. That you go to battle and bring down the works of the enemy and your family members will just come and will carry the spoil. I see it happening to you in the name of Jesus. So let me not even go through plenty of these mighty men. Let me now go to what they did. How it happened. What are some of the things that David did? Go back to First Samuel where we read 22 and jump to verse 3. Ah, are you seeing anything now? Are you understanding the message? And David went dense. And at this time, David was under pressure. At this time, David, his life was in danger. At this time, he, they wanted him dead. At this time, King Saul. And you see, David's life, the danger on David's life was so bad because it was the highest man on the land who wanted to kill him. It wasn't an assembly man or anybody like that. It was the king himself who wanted to finish David. So his life was in danger. And anybody who dealt with David and anybody who tried to help David, his life was also in danger. So definitely, you would want to avoid David. And David went thence to Mizpeh of Moab. And he said unto the king of Moab, Let my father and my mother, I pray thee, come forth and be with you till I know what God will do for me. David was not the firstborn. David was not the secondborn. He was not the thirdborn. He was not the fourthborn. He was not the senior most in the family. He was not the richest in the family. He was actually the last born. The senior men were military officers who had been trained. That's what the Bible says. And yet, when David was running from town and his life was in danger, he was not too concerned about his life. He was thinking about his mother and his father. It wasn't important to him that my brothers are there. They can take care of it. He assumed the position that it is on me. I have to ensure that everything is well. Everything is intact. In my absence, my father and mother must be okay. Number one. David had something I call the sense of responsibility. Leaders take responsibility. Sense of responsibility. He will not just get up and say that my life is in danger so I'm running for my life. Anybody here who, who would die, let them die. Anything that will happen to them, let it happen to them. What can come, can come and must come. But as for me, I have to save my life. Each one for himself. God for us all. That was not a leader's statement. He said, my life is in danger. I don't know what God will do for me. But I know what I can do for my people. So before I even find out what God will do for me, can you please let my father and my mother be with you? Can, you be, can they be with you? Responsibility. Most of the people that are rising up now have no sense of responsibility. No sense. You want to be a good leader? Become responsible. Take responsibility for your life. Don't allow your life to lead itself. Don't allow your life to do whatever it wants to do. Don't allow your world to become the way it wants to become. You must take responsibility. Take charge of your life. Take charge of your world. And make your world. Work your world. Program your world. Don't let things happen to you. Happen to things. Are you understanding me? Be responsible for once for your life. 
be responsible for once for your life. You wake up, you don't have any responsibility. You are walking around, you have no responsibility. It never crosses your mind that, hey, I have a mother, oh, let me send him some, tw- let me send her some 20 Ghana cities. Oh, I have a father, let me send him some 50 Ghana cities. I have somebody that, I have to be responsible for something. I have to be responsible for my education. I have to be responsible for where I will stay. I have to be responsible for my future. In fact, even the job that you do, you have no sense of responsibility for the job. You resign from your job without even talking to anybody. I have left. You have no sense of responsibility. One of the things that made David great as a leader, that made people want to follow him because they actually could see that if this man is in such danger and he's still saying that, let my father and my mother come forth and be with you, then it means that when we get to a place where things become tough, I can rely on him to be responsible for my life. But you, nobody will follow you. The reason is because they cannot see any sense of responsibility even for your own life. When I see the shirt you are wearing, how dirty it is, I can tell that you are a very irresponsible person. Even for your own shirt on your back, you are not responsible. For your hair, you are not responsible. For your smelly teeth, you are not responsible. I can't see any sign of responsibility around you when I look at the way you look and the way you dress. You have no responsibility. You are irresponsible. And so you cannot have anybody following you. Your beard, your hair, your your armpit. I mean, even your own human body, you cannot be responsible for it. Somebody came to one office that I know. And then the person... The person had gone to work in the night and just in the morning, he just passed through the office. Without brushing their teeth, without doing anything, they sat down and started talking. And the person who they were talking to also pulled herself like this. After the meeting, then I asked the person that, so why did you do this? He said, if... (laughs) If he didn't respect himself enough to brush his teeth, I cannot also respect him enough to sit down like this. I had to show him that I am not interested with this thing. We have too many people who are irresponsible. Irresponsible husbands, irresponsible fathers, irresponsible mothers, irresponsible wives, irresponsible boyfriends and girlfriends, and yet they want to become husbands. Irresponsibility. You show no sense of responsibility and yet you want a woman to follow you that I am going to marry you. People are in a hurry to go and leave without sorting anything out. They create a mess and then they run away. Pastor, you are invited to come and do something for another man of God. You create a mess, you run away. You don't even talk responsibly. No responsibility. No sense of responsibility. What are you responsible for? Have you been responsible for your life? Are you responsible for anybody? Are you responsible for the work that has been given you? Are you responsible for the assignment that has been given you? Are you even responsible for the life that has been given you? Uh, I'm not making any money. I'm not seeing anything in my life. I'm not making progress. This is your responsibility. You will never see progress. You will never see progress. Because anybody who must make it in life and must progress in life eh, will look out for responsibility. People who have the sense of they are thinking about what they can do. What am I responsible for? All we know is our rights. I must get this and I must have this and this one must come to me. It's my right. You know, and, and the right, the, 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 the human rights. Most of the problems we are having is because of people's irresponsible lifestyles. We 
don't care about ourselves. We don't care about the other person. It's just irresponsible. Am I preaching? John chapter 19 verse 25. John chapter 19 verse 25. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother and his mother's sister. At this point, Jesus was about to die. I am showing you that it is not when things are okay that you become responsible. It's not when things are working that you become responsible. Your irresponsibility is seen whenever. And you must be responsible whether things are working or not. Whether you are happy in the relationship or not. Whether you are happy in the marriage or not. Your responsibility is your responsibility. You must become responsible. We have become too irresponsible in this life. I mean so irresponsible that people sit in a car, they are driving. And then they finish their, their banana that they are eating. And then they throw it out of the window. That's huge irresponsibility. High level irresponsibility. And we are crying about our death. And we are crying about the flooding. And we are crying about all these things. Oh, we have not seen anything yet. It's going to get worse because our irresponsibility is just growing. That's the reason I'm talking about. I pray that our, in our own corner, we'll change it and become more responsible. We may not be able to change the whole Ghana. But if you can change your corner, it will help everybody. Help your family. By becoming a little more responsible. When somebody gives you an opportunity to do something for him or her, show some sense of responsibility. They give you a job. They entrust their job into your hands. Be responsible. They entrust their daughter into your hands. Be responsible. They entrust their car into your hands. Be responsible. They entrust their church into your hands. Be responsible. And God entrusts his church, his children, his souls that he has died for into your hands. Man of God, be responsible. Be responsible. Don't just get up. Okay, today, uh, today, uh, today, when I do, uh, uh, which message can I preach? Uh, I I I, I see, I see, I see. Please be responsible. Go and study the word. Pray. Ask God to tell you what to tell the people. And stop this nonsensical magic that we come and stand in church and we are doing. Be a little responsible. So Jesus was about to die. And he's showing a sense of responsibility. And you, you are eating. You are not even about to die. You are eating and you don't even remember that you must be, resp- you must, you must be responsible. You take your salary. You don't remember that, hey, I have a wife. Irresponsible. You take your salary, you don't remember that there's tithe that I must pay. Irresponsible Christian brother and sister. And they are saying that God, we want to own thousands. You must give me money. Let me overflow. I want to be one of the young, young niggas. Young, 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 rich niggas. You would never, never be a young, young, rich nigger. <laughs> Are you in the church? You won't be any young, young, anything. Small drumstick, you cannot be responsible. Small corner like this, you can't be responsible. You look at the carpet. They have poured oil on it, so uh, we won't... (laughs) Thank God that we have good ashes here. We are responsible. Very responsible people. If the drum was yours, how would you love it? Love it the same way. If the keyboard, you, see, you can see the difference between a, a, a keyboard is who bought the keyboard and the one who didn't buy it. 
and the one who contributed to buy and the one who didn't contribute. You see how they play, you tell. You know that this guy did not contribute. Irresponsible. But when they contribute, they play gently. Look, a woman, a woman that you have contributed to marry, you treat her respectfully, responsibly. But if you didn't, it didn't cost you anything to have the woman. You talk anyhow, you treat her anyhow, you disrespect her anyhow. Irresponsibility. Am I teaching at all? So when you see when you see how a man insults a woman, you can tell that this man has not spent anything on this woman. When you see how a man drives a car, you can tell that this guy didn't contribute in buying the car. He's a weekend driver or he's a spare driver. Am I preaching? Responsibility, and we are praying, Father, give us more, Father, give us more, Father, give us more. He will never give you more. You are too irresponsible with the things that I've given you. Now, there's two. I have the whole night, eh? I'm preaching. Now, there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother, and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleophas, and Mary Magdalene. Continue. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and disciples standing by, whom he loved, he said unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Jesus knew that he was going. He was going and there was nobody to take care of my mother. He said, Woman, behold thy son. Take this one as your son. He will take care of you. And you too take care of her for me. This is your mother. And then he departed. you ever look back and check the things that God gave you how responsible or how irresponsible you have been you know how responsible even Jesus at the time he was dying he showed sense of responsibility sense of responsibility stop asking for more when you have been irresponsible for the little that God has given you stop asking for more stop praying praying that I would find a husband when the boy that came around, you just look. John chapter 14, verse 12. John 14, 12. I'm reading to 17. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do. Because I go unto my father. So I am leaving. Continue. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. 14. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. 16. And I will pray the Father and shall give you another comforter. So I am not leaving you without thinking about what will happen to you when I'm gone. Responsibility. I am leaving. But I can't leave you as orphans. I can't leave. I have trained you. I have helped you. 
I have been with you and protected you. As I am leaving, I don't know what will happen to you, but I want to hand you over to another person who will take care of you. I will not walk away and leave you just empty. I am too responsible for your life. I'm too responsible for your future. I'm too responsible for your prosperity. I'm too responsible for your sanity to just leave you like that. Let's become responsible. It's one sign of leadership. Responsibility. Responsibility. You can travel for two months and you have not checked on your wife. You have not checked on you. Don't, you don't even know what it is. I mean, you, you, you send message. How are you? And you know how, how we answer, how are you? Fine. Eh, everything is fine. Eh? All right. We'll talk later. Responsible. <laughs> uh, he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. I will not be around, but I am giving you somebody who will take care of you. I am leaving the job, but I am bringing somebody who would be able to replace me and do it the way I would have done. I cannot do the assignment you have given me, but I know somebody who can do it. I can do it, but it's too much for me, so I want another person to be added. Responsible. You are thinking about the thing, and you are adding something to it, and you are being careful that I will not waste it, I will not spoil it. That's David. I don't know what, I, what will happen in the absence of myself. So since you are the king here, please take care of my mother and father. One day I'll come back. If I ever come, we'll continue. But if not, take care of my, my parents. Are you in the church? Number two, back to First Samuel. Till I know what God will do for me. Verse four. And he brought them before the king of Moab. And they dwelt with him all the while that David was in the hold or was in hiding. Verse five. And the prophet, this was David who had been anointed to be king. So obviously, he could say that I am the king in the shadows. And I am also a big man. It's just that I'm waiting for this man to die, then I'll take over. And the prophet God said unto David, Abide not in the, ho- in the, in the hold. Depart and get thee into the land of Judah. Then David departed. This is David who has been anointed king. Leader of 403 D's. Number one, first D is what? Distressed, debts, and discontented. He was the, champ, the captain of 403 D dimensional people. And then a prophet comes to him, or a man of God, or a senior person tells David, Abide not in the hold. Depart and get thee into the land of Judah. First of all, understand that he was somebody who had actually killed Goliath. So, and at the time he was killing Goliath, all the soldiers were afraid. Everybody went to hide. Even the prophets, where were, where were they? You, you said you are a prophet. Where were you when Goliath was shouting around? Why didn't you come and prophesy? You didn't say anything. You'll be soldier. You too, what did you do? Nothing. You too, what are you? You are a king. What did you do? Nothing. I brought Goliath down single-handedly and now I'm leading 400 people and now, now is the time that you have appeared with your prophetic garment abide not in the hole depart and get into the land of Judah then David departed number two 
you can see David as a man who is under authority. He's a man under authority. He's a man who takes instructions. A leader, number one, is a man who is responsible or has a sense of responsibility. Number two, a man who is under authority, takes instructions, follows directives. You don't become a leader just because um, you, you have been here for long. Or, or, or you, are the, you are the wisest person. You actually become a leader because you know how to follow instructions. Because most leaders, most leaders are very good followers. Because every leader has a leader. Every leader is a follower. You can't get to a point where you say, I don't have anybody I am under. I don't have anybody I am under. I am, I am not a man under any authority. I'm not a woman that I know. I don't take instruction from anybody. Your leadership will crash very soon. Your, your, your little empire that you are building will crash very soon. Your system that you are building will crash very, because you don't take orders from anybody. I am, a, I, am not, I am not under anybody's authority. I can do whatever I want, say whatever I want, and walk away. Hey, you are in danger. You are in danger. King David, at his level at the time, was listening to God, which saved his life. Don't become too big to take instructions. The greatest leaders that are around, they are actually great followers. You want to be able to lead well? Learn how to follow well. Learn how to take instructions well. Put yourself under authority. I am leading, but I've placed myself. By force and authority, so that I can get someone who will speak wisdom to me. It's compo- it's intentional. I just push myself under because I need to follow. I need to follow. I need to have a greater leader to follow. Who also is following a greater leader? First Samuel 25:14. Let me check something. 25:14. But one of the young men told Abigail. Nabal's wife saying, Behold, David sent messengers out of the wilderness to salute our master, and he railed on them. So somebody, David sent somebody to come and salute Nabal, the master, and he insulted them. Continue verse 15. I'm going up to about 30. But the men were very good unto us, and we were not hurt, neither missed we anything, as long as we were conversant with them when we were in the fields. Go on. They were a wall unto us both by night and day. All the while we were with them, keeping the sheep. Now therefore, know and consider what thou will do. For evil is determined against our master. Hey, you have insulted David and his men. The men, Nankasano, on we are three days. On we are three days. They are in debt, they are distressed, and they are discontented in life. And you have gone to insult them. They themselves, they don't have a good attitude. <laughs> and at that time, they were becoming great or mighty. At that time, they were becoming mighty. One is killing 800. Then you, you have just insulted him like that. So he's coming with his people. So this servant is telling his master's wife that, you know what? We are in danger. He says, now therefore know and consider what thou would do for evil is determined against our master. 
and against all his household. For he is such a son of Belial that a man cannot speak to him. He's a fool. A man cannot speak to him. A man cannot speak. He's a fool. A man cannot speak to him. If a man cannot speak to you, you are son of Belial. I, I don't know what else to say. Then Abigail made haste, this is the wife, and took 200 loaves and two bottles of wine and five sheep ready dressed and five measures of parched corn and 100 clusters of raisins and 200 cakes of figs and laid them on asses. Continue. And she said unto her servants, Go on before me, behold, I come after you. But she told not her husband Nabal, because that man, nobody can advise him. Nobody can advise him. Become somebody that you, who can be advised. Because if you don't, you don't place yourself under where you can be advised, then things will run around you and you will never see anything. May you become somebody that can be advised. There are times that what you are going through, somebody has gone through it already. So there's no point going through it. Just submit yourself to the person and ask questions. Is somebody's Pasco that you are writing as your, your main exams? Is somebody's Pasco that you are writing as your main exam? So go and see him. How did you answer it? Well, I did this and this and this and this and I failed. So try it this way. That's all. Or when I did this and this and this, I passed. I got 80. But after that, I realized that if I had added this, I would have had 92. So you add it. And then you move. But you are sitting now saying that, no, I want to learn my own lessons my own way. So that when I pass, nobody will say that they helped me. You are a son of Belial. And it was so, as she rode on the ass, that she came down by the covert, by the covert of the hill. And behold, David and his men came down against her. And she met them. Okay, this is where my story begins. Now David had said, surely in vain have I kept all. It's like, I have worked in vain. I have worked for nothing. I have protected this man for nothing. I have kept his house for nothing. I have kept his property for nothing. So that nothing was missed of all that pertained unto him. And he had requited me evil for good. Continue. Are you following the Bible? So, and more also, do God unto the enemies of David. If I leave of all that pertain to him by the morning light, any that pisseth against the wall. He says that if I leave anybody who can weary against the wall in David's house, may God do something to me. I'm going to finish all of them. Even dogs that weary against the wall, I will finish them. Oh, you don't understand it. I am giving you um, sign language in, in addition to the Bible you are standing there. I'm giving you pictorial manifestation of the word of God. 23. And when Abigail saw David, she hasted and lighted off the ass and fell before David on her face and bowed herself. This is after David has sworn to God and to himself that what I'm going to do to this man and his household. I mean, the man is angry. The man is already charged. His men were high morale. They are coming to do action. The woman bowed herself to the ground. Verse 24. And fell at his feet and said, Upon me, my Lord, upon me, let this iniquity be. And let thine handmaid, I pray thee, speak in thine audience. And hear the words of thine handmaid. Continue. 
And let not my Lord, I pray thee, regard this man of Belial, even Nabal. For as his name is, so is he. Nabal is his name, and folly is with him. Nabal is his name, and foolishness is with him. But I, thine handmaid, saw not the young men of my Lord, whom thou sent. Continue. Now therefore, my Lord, as the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, seeing the Lord had withholding thee from coming to shed blood and from avenging thyself with thine own hand. Now, let thine enemies and they that seek evil to my Lord be as Nabal. So he's now saying, she's now saying that I prefer you to this foolish man that I'm married to. May God protect you and may all your enemies become like Nabal. Hmm. Continue. 27. This is the type of woman you must marry. I said, this is the type of woman you must marry. I pray you get a woman that will say, my Lord. And now this blessing which thy handmaid had brought unto my Lord, let it even be given unto the young men that follow my Lord. I won't even mention your name, David. My Lord. My Lord. My Lord. My Lord. I pray thee, Forgive the trespass of thine handmaiden, for the Lord will certainly make my Lord a sure house, because my Lord fighted the battles of the Lord, and evil had not been found in thee all thy days. Raps, pa, pa, pa. And yet a man is risen to pursue thee and to seek thy soul, but the soul of my Lord shall be bound in the bundle of the life, of life with the Lord thy God, and the souls of thine enemies, them shall he sling out as out of the middle of a sling. Thirty. And it shall come to pass when the Lord shall have done to my Lord according to all the good that he has spoken concerning thee and shall have appointed thee ruler over Israel. She's even now, you know, making a way for herself that once you become, remember me. Do you know that David married her eventually? Ah, who wouldn't there? Who wouldn't? Ah, if your foolish husband has died and I'm, I'm, I'm also, I don't have any, you know what I'm saying. And it, it shall come to pass... Go to verse 31 for me. <laughs> that this shall, no, this shall be no grief unto thee, nor offense of heart unto my Lord. Either, thou hast, either that thou hast shed blood costless, or that my Lord had avenged himself. But when the Lord shall have dealt with, well with my Lord, then remember thy handmaiden. Remember me. When things begin to be for you, remember your handmaiden. When you become a king, remember me. I would prefer the, the new King James. It's confusing, this one. 32. That this will be no... 32, I said. Then David said to Abigail, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel who sent you this day to meet me. Look, this is a man who was so angry, ready to kill, ready to murder a whole community. And then a female handmaiden, weak wife, comes to talk to him in humility. And immediately the man says, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel who sent you this day to meet me. Verse 33, let me show you what he said. And blessed is your advice. And blessed are you. This is how a wise man receives advice. This is how a wise man receives counsel. 
This is how a wise man receives salvation. He says that blessed I thou, blessed is your advice, blessed is the Lord who sent you to come and meet me. But foolish people, they don't receive advice like that. Who is he to talk to me? Who is he to advise me? What has he seen before? Is he my classmate? Is he my level? Is he, is he this? Well, how old is he? Where has he been before? That is why your leadership is not going anywhere. That's why nobody even will enter. That's why even your life, you can't lead it. Because you can only lead your life with information. And the information will come from another leader. And you cannot subject yourself to another leader to talk into your life. You will never make any progress. And this one, he advised, he allowed, he said, blessed is your advice, blessed are you. Because you have kept me this day from coming to bloodshed and from avenging myself with my own hand. At that time, God had already prepared um, 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 Nabal's death. Nabal was about to die. So if David had gone to kill him, it would have been a waste. Because God himself was going to finish the work. Are you with me? That's how you receive advice. A good leader puts himself under. I am a man under authority. Look at Matthew 8, 9. Matthew 8, 9. Give me the message translation. I'm finishing. Matthew chapter 8, verse 9. Message translation. Message translation. I am a man who takes orders and gives orders. I am a man who takes orders and gives orders. I tell one soldier, go and he goes. To another, come and he comes. To my slave, do this and he does it. The reason why I can give orders is because I am a man who takes orders. You want to give orders, but you don't want to take orders. You want to give orders, but you don't want to take orders. How do you become a leader? How do you attract people to follow you? When they cannot see who you take orders from. When you are so rebellious, when somebody gives you advice behind the person's back, you insult him, you berate him, you say whatever you want to say, and the people hanging around you are listening and watching, you expect them to follow you, you are a joke. You are a joke, and the people that are following you will not take you anywhere. There are people who keep telling you that, don't mind him, don't mind him, he's too known, don't mind him. Those people are killing you. He says that I am a man who takes orders and gives orders. The first is to take orders. If you want to be able to give orders, you must learn how to take orders. You must put yourself under authority. Become a man or a woman under authority. Learn how to take orders. Learn how to take David was a man who could take orders. He could take advice. He could receive instructions. He could take Counsel. I mean, he, he lived, he lived, he lived his life with a counselor. He had a prophet, he had, he had, and he had an advisor. Ahitophel was his advisor. He was he was the king. And yet he had somebody who was advising him. What should I do on this one? What should I do in this one? What should I do here? So he was always ahead. You don't ask anybody anything. You don't try to put yourself under anybody. Know it all and do nothing. Doctor, do little. And you are you are a doctor, do nothing. 
Because you know it all. You know it all. You know it all. I, am I telling somebody something? You know it all. Should I give you the third one and then I'll close? The third one is heavy, but I'm sure I can kill it quickly. Number three. He was courageous in the face of challenges. So a leader, number one, sense of responsibility, number two. And number three, courageous in the face of challenges. In the life of David, he faced a bear. He faced a lion. And he faced a giant. He faced three wild challenges. In fact, if in your whole lifetime, you are able to defeat a bear, you have done very well. That is, that is your whole life's agenda. If you are able to deal with a lion as your whole life agenda, you have done very well. And then if you are able to bring down a giant, which is just the only thing you do in this life, you would have done very well. But when somebody in a short lifetime is able to do three in a stretch, it should tell you something about the man. Akukudro. Chest medicine. <laughs> he has chest medicine. Courage. In the face of challenges. You know the fear. Even when he's afraid, he doesn't show it. We are going into it. We are going to bring it down. We are going to kill it. We are going to pull it down. First Samuel 17, 34. We are bringing it down. Whatever it takes, we are going. Every one of those things is a potential death. Lion, hey, you see, today if, if a lion makes a mistake and appears in this room, I, I'm looking for the place I will hold. <laughs> the way I will jump, eh? you wonder if I'm a monkey. Or is my grandfather who is a monkey? I would ease. Lion. Even dogs. When people see dogs, they, they don't want to come out of their car. Then lion. Jata. But David said to Saul, this was, this was somebody who was going, he, he wasn't going to fight. Him. He was just going to serve Yokegari to, to his brothers. He was carrying Yokegari to his brothers because when you are on a battlefield, you don't eat all these fried rice and all these things. You eat something that will, whenever you drink water, it will, you know, it will shake its body small. You drink water and all that, it will shake. Okay, Gary is that one. So I am sure that's what he was carrying to his brothers. It's not everything they've written in the Bible. You know, if you read the Bible, it will tell you not all the things have been written. The Bible can't contain everything, but I can, I can tell you by revelation. Zomi with Zomi. But <laughs> so David was just going to serve his brothers who were also not happy to see him. Then, as he was going to, he heard the giant roaring. He said, Ah, what's going on here? But these people, they, they said they were fighting. But they are not fighting, they are just afraid they've gone to hide. So what kind of fight is that? The man roars, everybody goes to hide. They say they are fighting. 
These are jokers. <laughs> I've come. <laughs> Bruce Lee. I, have, I will show them. I will show them. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. He's now, let me, let me give you my CV. Let me give you my background. I'm going to give you what I have done before. So you understand why I'm saying that this man, I will deal with him. 17. I am sure you, you met a 17-year-old who is saying something like that. You just, you know, hey, step aside. Let's, let, let's see sensible things. Your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took the lamb out of the flock. Continue, please. I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. <sighs> Your servant has killed both lion and bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. I have done it. Then this uncircumcised one. Lion will know they hear. Bear, you know they hear. I have finished them. Then this uncircumcised Philistine that can hear is easy. Very, very easy for him. Said, who is this uncircumcised person that he should defy the armies of the living God? He didn't think twice about it. He didn't think twice about it. This was like, ah, why, why are you people cool? This guy is talking so much nonsense and you people are just watching him. How? Oh. How, how they do it? When Jimata Rinkitami. This, this is for those who can't fight because you know that you will never remove it and people are holding you and you say, hold me and you are not going anywhere but this is not David <laughs> I'm sure you are thinking I've done it before <laughs> Oh, me, 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 me. <laughs> they, they don't know. They don't know. <laughs> Your servant has killed both lion and bear. So, courage, a leader, don't begin to shake anytime you face a challenge. Anytime you face a problem, hey, how are we going to deal with it? You dream in the night, you are sweating. Well, hey, how are we going to deal with it? You check your bank account, there's no money. Hey, how are you Every time you are shaking, every time you are afraid, every time you are worried, what kind of leader are you? Are you, are you actually a leader at all? Get some courage. Face challenges. Deal with issues. Don't allow the challenges to overcome you. As for challenges, there will be more. Plenty. Plenty. Give me Job 14.1. Let me show you something. So that you understand that challenges, there are more. So if you want to be a proper leader, you must fix yourself and be ready to face challenges. The Bible says that man who is born of woman is of few days. And those few days are full of challenges. Man who is born of woman. Ha. 
a few days. And those days, they are full of challenges. Trouble. We are born for trouble. We are born for adversity. As a leader, you must brace yourself because every day, there's a challenge that you face. You start running. Your leadership is questionable. When the men are going to the battlefield and they are following you, and you see the enemy fire and you begin to go back, you go under a table. I remember uh, 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 some years ago that one Ekomog um, commander, I can't mention the name because I'm on, uh, I'm on, when I'm, when I'm on in I hear when they went to Liberia and then they were shooting, and he entered under a table. He went under a table. <laughs> Such a commander. I almost mentioned the name. Your men will scatter. Even when you are afraid, don't show it. Don't show it. I'm telling you that there were times that David was facing the lion and he wasn't sure what was going to happen. And there are many challenges you will face and you will not be sure what will happen. But don't show fear too much. Fear will bring torment. Fear is what you think that I'm not afraid. Hey many things I do, I do it in fear. Many times I'm coming to preach, I'm afraid. Will it work? Will the people listen? Will I be able to deliver? Will I be able to preach? But how many times have you, have you seen me standing here preaching and you think that I'm afraid? You, you won't see it. I am preaching and facing my challenges. In fact, most of the things that I, I face most, they are the things that normally I'm afraid of. Recently, I went to preach somewhere. And then when I was going, the Lord gave me a word that I should speak. That particular word. I stood there after preaching and I made that declaration. And I was watching. My wife was sitting there. Her heart was beating. It's like, will anybody come? Because this thing that he has said, then I saw one person. Okay. Another person. And then the third person. I said, glory be to God. <laughs> Because I saw a vision that somebody was asleep and then whilst she or he was asleep, somebody came to remove their ring. It came like a flash. I was driving. So when I got to the church, I looked around and I said, hey, but they don't look like people who dream bad dreams. So, <laughs> so who, who in this church has bad dreams? So I said, hey, Lord, maybe it's not for that church, it's for here. So I finished preaching as I was about to you know, finish everything. Then the Lord said that one. There is somebody. <laughs> I was afraid. I finished the thing. I was standing there hoping that. Uh, I said, ah, yeah, yeah. It is you. It is you. It is you. It is you. You too. As if I knew. It is our fears that we face all the time. The thing that we are fighting are our challenges. The more of the challenges that you overcome, the better your leadership. The more challenges you overcome, the greater you become. The more challenges you overcome, the more successful you become in life. God bless you. Thank you very much.